I just, I want us to stay right, right here. Right here for just a second. These moments, guys, these are where God revolution, he just changes our life. When the spirit of God drops into a place and you give him the respect that he deserves, he'll show up in your life and he'll speak life into you. But you see, guys, a lot of times we get that wrong. We think we can just come to church and we can just worship and then all of a sudden we get this emotional move. But no, we have to come expecting and reverencing our God for who he is, for the glory that he has. Because if we don't, he's not going to be called a liar. God's glory is so strong that when Jesus came to Paul, he couldn't even look at him because his face was shining so bright. Paul said, I cannot even look upon your face. That is the God we serve. That is the glory that he has. Tonight over in main service, we have an awesome thing going on. And, and I just want to kind of give a, take a moment to explain what's going on. We're doing a presbytery service. And some of you guys do not understand what that is. And I want to just take a second and teach it. What that means is people are going to come in and give prophetic words. And what that means is they're going to give words of encouragement over people's lives. That God has already spoken into existence the moment they were conceived. Not when they were born, when they were conceived. God says he knows the numbers of hairs that are on your head. He has things for you that you can't think of, that you can't see, you can't hear, you cannot even fathom it. And these people come and they just give a word of encouragement and they tell that person what God has in store for their life and they, they encourage them along that way. And in here tonight, there are some of you a lot of you, most of you, all of you, God has purposed your life for one specific thing, for his glory and for your fulfillment. Because if you give your life to him and you do reverence him and you honor him, he gives you everything your heart desires and that is him. I encourage you tonight to not put God in a box, but to allow him to be everything that he is. And when you do that, allow him to blow your mind, because <laughs> it will blow your mind. There are people here in tonight that need to hear that they have a purpose and they have a calling. And right now, you're not even hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth, but all you're hearing is God speaking directly to your heart because you know that he has been calling you for a very long time. And all you need to hear is one person being obedient to tell you, listen to him, nothing else. You're not crazy. He's really calling you to do those crazy things. He really wants you to do everything that he's purposed for your life. see, a lot of times we don't like silence, but silence is when God speaks and we shut our mouths. 
So I encourage you tonight as the pastor comes up and brings a word, as we go through the rest of this service, to stay in a reverent mindset, a reverent heart to what God has for you. Because I'm living proof. There's many people in here that are living proof that God is real. He is alive. And he radically changes lives and does amazing things because of the blood of Jesus. So as we pray, dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this evening. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in this church. We thank you that your spirit is so strong in this place, God. God, we thank you for everything that your mercy and long-suffering has, has allowed us to come into. God, we just pray right now that every prophecy that has been spoken, every word that you have spoken, God, will come to pass. God, that you will continue to speak to the hearts, God, that are heavy right now in this moment and that need to hear you. They're tired of, of the same old thing. They need something new, and they, they just want more of you. They want to know you on a deeper level. Father, I pray that they cannot leave this place without speaking to you in some way. That you will shake the lives of the people in here, including myself. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We pray that you give us a wonderful service. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Awesome, guys. We are so glad that you came out tonight for our second Wednesday, not first Wednesday. You guys can return, grab a seat, shake a hand, slap a high five to someone you do not know. I repeat, somebody you do not know. Hand, and make everyone feel welcome. Uh. Better give somebody a high five. Everybody stand to your feet. Give somebody a high five that you don't know. Stand on hand, up. Stand on hand. up. Oh, come on. Y'all are sitting come and lazy on. tonight. Come on. The Lord is watching you. The Lord What's is up, watching What's up, you. Oh. How is everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? It's a little bit better. Let me hear you say, ooh, ooh. Say, ooh, ooh. Right, that, was right, right. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, 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 we've got some announcements for you, Trey. First thing is first. Is this anybody's first time here ever? Raise your hand right now if you've never been here before. Can we give a round of applause to all our first time guest assists? We are so excited and happy that you guys are here with us today. We love that you are here with us, so check it out. We want to make it special for you. So after service, right over, Chia, Trent, can you be my pointer, please? Where Pastor Trent is pointing, we got free pizza for you. So if it's your first time or you brought somebody for the first Who time, likes some free pizza? you get that pizza. Amen. P-I-Z-Z-A. All right, our next announcement, where are my high schoolers at? Is anybody going into uh, high school? Yeah, I'm scared for you, too. No, I'm just kidding. But we are going to have high schoolers. We are going to have a beach day on August 7th at Anna Maria Island, Holmes Beach. We will have a beach day. If you want more info, find one of us after service. All right. If you are a lady, can you make some noise, please? Hey, hey. Check it out. 
Sisterhood is coming up September 21st and 22nd. You guys can sign up for that now. Guess what, Pastor Tori's gonna be speaking at that, ain't she? Ain't hey, she? Hey, hey, hey. She's she gonna be there, so you guys are gonna sign up for that. Tell your parents, invite your friends. If you got a friend, you go up to your friend and say, hey, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Come to Sisterhood with me. And that's it, and you invite them, all right? So make sure you guys sign up for that at wearecrossing.com forward slash sisterhood. And last but definitely not least, again, I've got all the high school announcements tonight. Who is ready for next week? Capture oh, the flag. Snap. Oh, snap. Who wants to see me run? Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to be reffing. I'm not going to be running around. We're going to have capture the flag next week. Who thinks they're going to capture the most flags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. Don't miss out. Make sure you invite your friends. And then one more thing for All us. right, everyone, quiet down just for a second. Give me this moment. Music, cut. I need your guys' attention. Something very important is going on, all right? Very serious. It's not a time to joke around. We have a special guest speaker in the house. I need you guys to make as much noise as humanly possible for the one and only Pastor Jeremy! I think Pastor Trey gives me more hype than I deserve sometimes. Trey, you the man, buddy. You the man. How are you guys doing tonight? Where's my middle schoolers at? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. You guys get a taste of what your future is about, okay? But listen, real quick, you better behave or you're not going to be invited back, okay? Oh, daddy just got real. Just got real. I'm just kidding. All right, I love you guys. All right, hey, 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 hey. Where are you guys at? You guys are talking. No talking. No talking. I'm going to pray real quick, all right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for every single student that is here tonight, God. Lord, I pray that your presence will come down tonight, Lord, that you will rest over everybody like a cloud, God. Lord, that they will get to experience you tonight, that they will get to experience truth tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you will work in us tonight, God. You'll take out the things in our life that need to be removed, Lord, and that you'll speak, you'll speak us in encouragement, Lord, and that you'll change our lives tonight, Lord. We just want more and more of you, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys like our series, Running with the Giants, this summer? You guys learning a lot? Good, all five of you. Are you guys learning a lot? Thank you for those, for the courtesy uh, woo. Okay, let's, um, so let's pull up that uh, verse real quick. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let's read this together. Please look on the screen and read this with me. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So you guys remember this a little bit. We talked about that our life is considered a race. We are running the race of life. And what the scripture is telling us is that there are those that have gone before us. There are those uh, runners of faith okay, that could come down and they could speak to us. They could encourage us. They are the witnesses. They're such a huge cloud of mist. They're in the stands. They're coming down, and they are running laps with us through this series. So remember the very first one that we learned about, those in middle school, was Noah. With high school, we started with Abraham. You guys remember Abraham? God's promise of a generation. Uh, then he had his son Isaac, right? And then we had Jacob. You guys remember Jacob? 
All five of you guys. Turn to your person to the right and say, Jacob. Okay, good. You guys are with me. All right, so Jacob, remember, God gave Jacob a new name. What was the new name that God gave Jacob? Israel was his new name, which means one that wrestles with God, one that dwells with God. And remember, Jacob had his, his 12 crazy sons we talked about a couple weeks ago with Joseph. Everybody remember Joseph? Okay, so that is where we pick up our story at, is with Joseph. So let me give you a quick recap of Joseph for the last couple weeks for those of you who do not remember. So remember, Joseph's big idea to us is when life doesn't turn out the way you plan, don't give up on your dreams. And remember the story of Joseph, how he had a dream of ruling over his brothers, and his brothers, they got jealous, and they decided to sell him in, into slavery. He became, you know, a slave in Egypt, and throughout all these trials and crazy waves that he had, and ups and downs that he had, he finally became the second in command in Egypt. Are you guys okay down here? You guys good? You guys mind keeping it down for me? All you guys? Okay. We're gonna, about to get some Holy Ghost power over here and be healed. Just kidding. All right. Okay, so remember, so remember Joseph, all right, so he became the highest, uh, highest person in Egypt apart from Pharaoh, and the plan was is that he ended up saving the whole country, including his brothers, from starvation. You guys with me? Okay, so let me tell you where we leave off at, right, with Joseph, is because they saved all this food up and stored all this food, all the nations around Egypt didn't have any food because they weren't prepared. So they came to Egypt to buy food because of God's plan, because of Joseph's plan that God gave him. And because of this, Egypt got filthy, filthy rich. I mean, everybody went to, because people need food. People got to eat, right? So, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You judging me? So you judging me? My shirt's a little tight tonight. I'm like trying to suck in the whole time. I'm like, suck, like trying to keep it in the whole time and just, Thanks, Abs. That's my wife, by the way. Uh, so, okay. So, so Egypt got filthy, filthy rich because of Joseph. And now we pick up the story for Moses. You guys with me? Okay, all five of you. This is great tonight. You guys are so engaged. I'm going to work on this. Okay, let's pull up the scripture where we leave up with um, uh, Joseph and we go on to Moses. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read this to you guys. It's going to be pulled up. You can read along. In the time Joseph, sorry, in time Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. So life moved on. Joseph and everybody died, okay? But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they had become extremely powerful and filled the land. Remember Abraham's promise that you're going to be a man of many generations. Well, now it's true, okay? Now it, is, now it is true. So eventually a new king or pharaoh came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Joseph and the story of the Hebrews was forgotten. This is what happens in life. The decay of time sets in and people don't remember. Let's continue reading, okay? So then he said to his people, the Egyptians, he said, look at the people of Israel that now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. 
Let's think about the twist of this story, okay? Joseph and the Hebrews practically save Egypt and the whole world, and then everybody forgets. And now the Hebrews become the Egyptians' slaves. You guys understand this pattern? Isn't it, we talk about this at our life, pattern of life. It also happens throughout time where things change. So we're going to be talking about Moses tonight. So if Moses came down, okay, here is what he would tell us. Here's the big idea. He'd say, to know and experience the presence of God is the ultimate adventure. So to know and experience the presence of God is the ultimate adventure. So there's a Hebrew word for this, to know and experience. It's yada. Look to the person to your left and say, yada. Okay, now for those of you that need some super spiritual points, like the ones in the front that are misbehaving, look to your person to your right and say, yada, like how it's supposed to. Yacha, yacha, yada, okay? You guys are gaining your super spiritual points now. This is amazing. Okay, so... But there's a word for that. That means to know and to experience, okay? But to some people, right, in the Hebrew language, it's actually, it's, it's one word. So to know is to experience. So you guys understand the difference between that, right? So you might know something, okay? We might know what something is, okay? But we don't really know it until we experience it, right? Okay, so here's, um, so, uh, let, me, let me bring this down to you, for you guys so we can, understand what we're talking about here. Who's been to Bush Gardens? You guys all have. Okay. All right. So uh, who went Who went yesterday? Raise your hand. Awesome. The rest of you feel bad. Your, your super spiritual points are going down. Okay. There'll, there'll be a chance to make it up. Okay. All right. But um, so, so I did something yesterday that I haven't done yet. Okay. I rode Shikra. Okay. It was awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I love Shikra. Shikra is amazing. Okay, but I did something. So I've, I've ridden Chikra before. I've ridden Chikra with, uh, with Abby, and it's crazy. But I didn't, I didn't really get to experience the full effect because I sat in the back row, which after what I just experienced yesterday is like night and day difference, okay? So I knew of Chikra before I went on there, but yesterday because I rode it, I actually got to experience it. You guys with me? Okay, so here's a little picture, fun little picture that we got, okay? You got Burke. You got Burke over here on the left. You got George. You got Jasmine that's hidden. And there is your own Pastor Jeremy having the time of his life. Okay? I, there's a, such a huge age difference here before, from, from, from left to right, but it's okay. I'm young and hipster like you guys are now. Young and hip. Young and hip and awesome. Okay? But let me zoom in on this picture real quick. Zoom in on this picture. Next one. Okay. I was having the time of my life on this. There is, there is something... So much different when you ride Shikra on the first row. Am I right? Okay. So, the, so the, uh, Jasmine, is, I don't think Jasmine's here tonight. Jasmine was sitting next to me, and I remember when you're riding Shikra and you're about to go straight down, they hold you and they lock you over in this position, right? And you're in the front row. You're even further. You're just looking right down. And I'm sitting here screaming at Jasmine. I'm like, Jasmine, that's death right there. Six inches away, we could die. What if somebody hits the wrong button? And she's freaking out, though. She's like, dude, don't, Pastor Jeremy, just shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. I'm like, we're going to die. We're going to die. And then they press the button and we all fall down. It was absolutely awesome, right? But you guys are with me, right? To know is to experience, okay? All right, who went to Ford with us last week, two weeks ago? Okay. All right, those of you who didn't go, again, super spiritual points. You got to start getting up there, okay? Start speaking up. 
<laughs> Every word, and you'll get there, okay? All right, so I, I gotta, uh, let me, I'll, I'll give you guys a forward story, okay? You guys want a forward story? To all you guys who feel bad, okay. All right, so, so we went to forward, okay? And, um, uh, okay, there's something that um, happened, okay, on that trip, and that is, seriously, being serious for a second, all right? Abby and I fell in love with you guys. Like, you guys are so awesome, at least the ones that went, super spiritual people, you'll get there, okay? All right, we'll pray for you. No, but for, for real, okay, we absolutely fell in love with you guys, okay? And I'll be honest with you, the little papa in me kind of came out a little bit. I got really, really, really protective, okay? So Abby just so politely reminded everybody that my nickname to her occasionally is, so, yes, I'm Jeremy, okay? My nickname is Jer, okay? I've got other nicknames that I've shared with you. We won't go through those right now. But she occasionally would call me Jer Bear. There's people in high school that are like, Jer Bear, ah, oh, Jer Bear. So she's like, you know, we're talking and telling everybody that I'm Pastor Jer Bear, okay? But because I fell in love with you guys like so much, something kind of shifted a little bit, okay? And that is like when, like, things change or things don't go according to plan or somebody messes with you guys or we don't get the seats that we wanted. You guys remember that we're there? We didn't get the seats that we wanted. We fought so hard for those seats, okay? I, I was no longer Pastor Jer Bear, okay? I was just, I was just bare, okay? I was a complete bear, just like that. It was a complete, it was a complete switch. I apologize, okay? Stacy Reckonwald, I don't think she's here tonight. She had to remind me, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy. And I'm like, I just love you guys. I, I, there's an excuse, okay? Anyway, so forward conference, okay? We did something that was really cool. We got to go to, to Lane Southern Orchards. You guys remember that, Lane? Okay, it was awesome. I got a picture, okay? Uh, this right here is their peach cobbler, okay? I'm really regretting. I'm really regretting wearing this shirt right now after eating that peach cobbler, okay? But let me tell you something. So when we were planning this, I was selling Lane Farms to everybody, okay? I totally oversold it, and I was starting to get really nervous, like what if they had like a bad batch, and everybody ate it, and everybody got sick. What, what, what if it wasn't as good as it was? But I was telling everybody so much to where they got to know about the peach cobbler, right? But you don't really get to know about it until you what? Experience it, right? Okay, so who, who went to forward? Raise your hand. Who tried the peach cobbler? It was awesome, wasn't it? Awesome. Everybody else, feel jelly. Feel, feel jealous. But see, we got to know and we got to experience, guys, roll it in with me, roll it in with me. We got to know, and we got to experience Lane Farms and the peach cobblers. You guys with me? Okay, all right. But so Moses would say this. Mo would, Moses would say to yada, yada, to know and experience God is the ultimate adventure. So we're going to talk about Moses' adventure as we as we go. So those of you who are in middle school, I know Pastor Stephen. Let's give it up for Pastor Stephen, by the way. He's the man. He is the man. Okay, so he was teaching middle school for the last two weeks on Moses. So those of you who are in middle school, I need you to take your hypothetical seatbelt out and buckle up because I'm going to give everybody a quick review of Moses and his life, okay? All right, so it's a little bit long, so I need you guys to stick with me. I'll try to do this in a couple minutes, okay? So remember we talked about Pharaoh and how he saw the Israelites and what they were becoming and how big they were, and he made them slaves, right? So the you guys with me? Okay. So the story goes on, okay, and they keep on 
multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. God is blessing the children of Israel. Abraham's promise is coming true over and over again, despite the fact that the Egyptians made them slaves. And so Pharaoh says, we got to do something about this. Uh, and they do, and they actually uh, create a decree to where they kill every baby boy that's under two years old. Just with me, that's where you guys go, aw. Every two-year-old baby that's two years old. It was very sad, okay? And it was actually a type and shadow, so a shadow to what was to come with Jesus. Because the same thing exactly happened with Jesus, all right? But God had a plan. You guys with me over here? You guys good? All right. So God had a plan, okay, to, to, to have somebody deliver them, and that was Moses. So Moses' mom was going through all that where they were trying to kill all the baby boys. She made a basket, and she floated them down the river. Well, it just so happens that Moses ended up in Pharaoh's palace, and, and Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses as a baby, okay? So Moses was a Hebrew that should be dead, but he wasn't. God had a plan, okay? So fast forward 40 years, Moses is still in Pharaoh's house. He's grown up as a prince of Egypt. Um, everything's going great with his life, but he remembers, and he remembers about his family, about the fact that he's a Hebrew. And he walks out one day, and he sees an Egyptian whipping a Hebrew person very badly, and he gets very fired up. He loses control, so he kills the Egyptian. Okay, all the guys are like, yes, yeah, kill him kill him. So anyway, he killed him, and then Pharaoh found out about it, and then Moses fled to the wilderness, okay? Then as Moses fled, he ended up in the middle of the, of the wilderness, and he, he ended up working for a sheep farmer who eventually became his father-in-law. And fast forward 40 years later, Moses gets his first encounter with God. So he's 80 years old now at this time. You guys with me? Okay, I guess he had like a lot of maturing to do, because 80, that's a long time to Finally get your first experience with God. But anyway, so he matured, poor little baby Moses, to 80 years old. And then he had his first encounter. You guys remember what that was? Some of you guys know the story. What was it? It was the burning bush, right? So the bush was on fire, but it wasn't, it wasn't burning. Okay? So God speaks to Moses and said, Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. I need you to go deliver them. I've got a plan. Okay? And then Pastor Stephen talked about that message a little bit about all the excuses that Moses had. Uh, but eventually Moses goes to Egypt, and God sends 12 plagues of Egypt. Uh, he's, it's called the 12 plagues of Egypt there. And uh, eventually Pharaoh and the Egyptians yield, and he releases the, the Hebrew people to go and be free. So as they are leaving Egypt, Pharaoh then changes his mind and corners them at the Red Sea. All right? And right there, they're all freaking out because, oh my gosh, the Red Sea's right here and Pharaoh's army's here and they're going to kill us all. And then God shows up in an awesome way, okay, and they part the Red Sea. Everybody's heard the story before, right? Moses parting the Red Sea. Okay, and then the children of Israel, the Hebrews, they walked across the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army came after them. God shut the uh, Red Sea and all of Pharaoh's army drowned. And the Hebrews had a parte because they were officially free, okay? But then, like I've always said, the story changes, right? So the children of Israel finally end up in modern-day Israel, and they don't want to go into the country that God has prepared for them. They don't want to go into the promised land because they're afraid. After all that God has done for them, after all the plagues of Egypt, after rescuing them from Egypt, after rescuing them from Pharaoh, after parting the Red Sea, now the children of Israel are afraid to go into Israel. 
Doesn't that kind of sound like us a little bit? Like, don't, don't, doesn't God make an awesome way for us? We have an experience with God. We get saved. We trust in Jesus. Our life is going great. But then as time goes on, we start to fear the things that originally that God saved us from. That was free, by the way. I just had that one. I didn't put that one in my notes. Isn't that what we do? So Moses is leading the people into Israel. They don't want to go because they're afraid. And so God says, fine, you guys aren't going into the country. You can go ahead and wander out in the wilderness. So the children of Israel then leave, and they're wandering around in the desert for 40 years. And then Moses' life now becomes funeral after funeral after funeral because everybody died off because they didn't want to go in the promised land because they were afraid. So now that gives us a setting of what is about to happen with Moses. And they've been in the wilderness for almost 40 years, and then something very very interesting happens to Moses. Let's pull that scripture up. Let's read this. Numbers chapter 20, verse 2. <clears throat> there was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Aaron's Moses' brother. And the people blamed Moses and said, Only if we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the whole congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all their livestock? It's kind of like almost like you just want to say, duh. It's because you rejected the promised land. <laughs> so as we read on it, he said, why did you make us leave Egypt? See, they forgot what God had done for them in slavery. How God had rescued them. And you bring us here to this terrible place. This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates. I guess they like went to Whole Foods a lot when they were in slavery. I don't think that's the case, but this is what they were saying. Okay, and then there's no water to drink. So these people became Debbie Downers pretty quick, right? So Moses and Aaron turned away from the people, and they went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell down onto the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. And as the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water for the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told, and he took the staff from the place where it kept before the Lord. Then he said to Aaron, summon the people to come and gather around this rock. Now listen, this is what he says. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with a staff, and water gushed out. So then the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. Do you guys see what he did wrong? God told him to speak to the rock. Moses got pretty upset and fired up. He said, no, I'm taking the staff. And then he used the staff, and then he split the rock instead. You guys with me? All right, check out what happens to Moses. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. One simple act of disobedience, and Moses loses his opportunity to go to the promised land. Are you guys with me on this? This, this sucks, right? This is depressing. This does not seem like God's redemptive character, does it? I mean, this was Moses' entire life destiny, and that was to lead the children of Israel out of slavery, rescue them, 
bring them into the land of, of their promise, the promised land, and go in there and call it a day because his job was done. And he didn't get to do it because of something very simple. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. When I was a kid, when I heard this story, I got kind of a little bit depressed with this. I was like, this does not, I don't understand. You know, God, you know, you say that you leave the 99 to go find the one. Okay, we know that your redemptive plan is in our life. We know that you're on a relentless pursuit to pursue us and to win us over. Why would you do something like this over striking a rock? So it reminded me of when I was in middle school. Um, yeah, uh-oh. So when I was in middle school for our youth group, we planned a trip to Six Flags. Has anybody ever been to Six Flags? You guys ever been to Six Flags? Like any Six Flags? Okay, it's just like Bush Gardens. Okay, but it's a lot more awesome, just to be honest with you. There's like, there's like twice as many roller coasters. Um, there's not just like two that are awesome. There's like 20 that are awesome. Okay, so we planned, we lived in Texas at the time, so we planned a trip to Six Flags, okay? Uh, and the night before we were to go to Six Flags, together. Uh, I was hanging out with some friends uh, outside. We were playing outside. It was summertime. There was no school. And my mom said to me, she said, hey, um, come in for the night. We got a long day ahead of us. And I didn't come. I still played outside. And something happened. Okay, I'll be honest with you. It's a little bit silly. Um, so uh, we were outside. We were not playing in a neighbor's yard, but we were like right on the street of the curb to their yard in the street. And uh, we were just, you know, laughing, having a good time. We were being good kids. There wasn't doing anything wrong at all, uh, but just being loud. And remember, I hadn't come into to the house at all, right? You guys with me? The neighbor came out and decided that he wanted to make an example of us as kids because he thought that we were doing something really bad and we weren't. And uh, he's like, get off my property, yada, yada, yada. And I basically said, because you guys know me, okay, I'm the silent type. I'm Pastor Jer Bear, okay? And when the lines cross, I just become bear, right? I was like that too at middle school. Um, so I was like, well, technically the street's not your yard. Yeah. Yeah. I paid dearly for it, okay? All right. Uh, I, guys, I'm being so real and transparent with you guys. I want to just, I, I never want to not tell you something about my life, okay? So I called the guy. Uh, he kept on going and trying to make an example. And I'm like, whatever, guys, you know what? Let's just leave the jerk and let's go home. He didn't like that. He didn't like that at all, okay? And guys, God's forgiven me. You guys should too, okay? So uh, anyway, he didn't like it at all so much that he decided he was going to make me even more of an example, and he decided to go to my parents and knock on the door and tattletale, okay? So, so can you guys guess what my punishment was? I couldn't go to Six Flags. I couldn't go to the promised land. I was devastated, just like this story. So let me tell you guys something that's really cool about Moses. Moses didn't respond like I did. He didn't get depressed. He didn't complain. He didn't whine. In fact, if you read the story, it was almost like it never affected him. I think God did this not to necessarily punish Moses, but I think he also did it to show us something. And that is what you're living for. You guys with me? So here's what, here's what changed in Moses' life. 
the promised land didn't matter anymore. Moses got to experience God and who he was more than anybody else ever had. In fact, all the prophets say, several hundred years after Moses died, say, no man up to this point ever got to see God as much as Moses did. Moses continued and continued, got to be in the presence of God. When I say presence, I mean he actually had a relationship with God. He got to see God. It didn't stop with just the burning bush. That was the start. Okay, it even got even crazier. He got to spend 40 days on a mountaintop with God one-on-one as God was writing the Ten Commandments. The promised land didn't matter anymore because his promised land changed. His promised land was God, not the actual promised land. You guys with me? Okay, so if Moses was coming down, I think there's two things that he would tell us. The very first thing is this. He said, when you yada, know and experience God's presence, your identity becomes more clear. You know who you are. Let me tell you guys something. All right, the world tells you guys to perform, perform, perform. You go to school, you got to get A's. You got to get B's. You got to get A's. You got to get B's. You got to get in college. You got to get grades. If you're on the football team, you got to perform. You got to perform. If you're at work, you got to perform. You got to perform. The whole world is telling you that you've got to do, 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 do. You like that? But God's telling you that you need to be, 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 be. You need to be with me. You see, we know what Adam and Eve was created for. You know what we're created for? We're created to have a relationship with God. When you know and you experience God, you know your identity. God tells us just to seek him. The second thing I think he would tell us is this, and then we'll close this thing out. When you yada God, when you know and experience God's presence, he changes your promised land. He changes your promised land. You see, when you, when you know who God is and you know why you were created and you have your identity crystal clear and you know why you're here and you know that all the lies of this world that perform, perform, perform are not true anymore, he gives you a new end game. In fact, it's actually, it's actually, it doesn't end at all. See, let, let me tell you what the Bible says about Jesus. He was, he is, he is to come. There's no such thing as time. There's no such thing as ending at all. He just is. And God wants you to experience him. He wants you to yada him. So you might ask yourself this. How do I do that? How do I get to experience God and his presence? I'll tell you something that I do and I've done for a while. Okay? Is I do this thing that's called 5555 or 4 slash 5s. Okay? It's five minutes listening to a worship song or worship songs. It's five minutes in God's Word. It's five minutes praying. 
And then lastly, it's five minutes just being silent. So you guys are really, really smart kids. So that's basically, you can add that together. That's 20 minutes of your life. Guys, I'm telling you, if you give 20 minutes of your life a day to God and just do the five, 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 you are going to experience who he is. He's going to change your identity and he's going to give you a new promised land. Guys, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. There are some of you tonight that, like, okay, Pastor Jeremy, I understand the story that you're telling me, and all these stories are absolutely great. And I've just decided that I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to experience God's presence. You see, Jesus came down died for our sins and rose again so that we can experience God and who he is, so we can have an encounter just like Moses does every single day. Let me tell you something about the senior leadership of this church, is they experience God. They know and experience him. I know and experience him. Your whole entire student pastors know and experience God, and I'm telling you guys, you can do the exact same thing. When you're doing your 5555 this week, I want you to ask God, God, just come be with me. And he's going to show up. And you're going to do it the next day. And then you're going to do it the next day. And you'll do it the next day again. And God's going to keep showing up as time goes on. Because he wants you. So let's pray together. I want everybody's head bowed, eyes closed. We're going to pray this together. Everybody say this right now. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, tonight... I choose you. I want to be in your presence. I confess you as Lord over my life. I've confessed that you died and you rose again to save me. Come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody's head bowed, eyes closed real quick. Okay, I don't want to embarrass you guys. We got a lot of new people here tonight. If you just said that prayer for the first time and you want to experience God's presence, I want you to raise your hand on a count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I accepted Jesus Christ for the first time. I want to experience his presence. Let's pray and then we're going to worship. Father, I just thank you so much for the students that are here tonight, God. I thank you that you showed up. Lord, I thank you that you are after us, Lord, that you want us to experience you and your goodness. God, I pray for every single student that sets aside time to spend time with you this week. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will show up. God, that you will give them rest, Lord. That you'll give them an identity, Lord. That you'll remind them that you'll remind them who they are in you, God. Lord, I pray that every student here makes a decision to spend time with you this week, God. And I just pray that you will just do an outpouring of your spirit this week, Lord. Or that you will change people's lives, that you'll redirect us, Father. Lord, I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
You guys stand up. We're going to worship. Come on.